It's prep bowl time in Minnesota, and it's prep bowl time here on the Talk and Preps podcast at the Star Tribune. I'm David Levake. Jim Paulson, we're at, what do we call this, the end of the road, the end of the rainbow. We're, the, we're the, on the last two days of this football season. We're going to have all the championship games being played out at the U.S. Bank Stadium in downtown Minneapolis. What do you, you think? Could say that, you could say that this is the official end of the fall season, although yeah, if you, anybody that witnessed the snow we had yesterday would have seen that the, the fall has long been gone. But um, it's, 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 it's always one of my favorite time of year. I love, love the prep bowl. Yeah, I, yeah, it's the official end of fall. It's like the first, this is, you know, the last day of November and the first Saturday of November is a cross-country uh, state tournament and that, that's after the soccer had already already been wrapped up so it's it's kind of weird to still be talking about fall sports but but here we yeah, are tennis tennis got over with the end of october so it's it's uh it's been a long uh wind down to the season and uh just like it's a long wind down to the season of the uh winter sports season i think it starts with um skiing girls hockey in in mid uh mid february and goes until nearly the end of uh, March in terms of the tournament season in, in the winter. So this is the reason for those that, that somehow mess, missed this information. The reason we're talking about the prep bowl, not on Thanksgiving weekend is because on Thanksgiving night, your Minnesota Vikings had hosted the New England Patriots. And because of the lateness of that game and, and the massive production that goes into it, the, it was decided that they couldn't turn the stadium fast enough for Friday and Saturday prep bowl right after Thanksgiving. So it's going to be held in December for the first time ever. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting year uh, in that regard, but, uh, but all the best things about the event are still the same. we got a bunch of talented kids playing passionate football. We start the whole party 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday, class one, a the Minnesota Vikings against the Springfield Tigers. Jim, we picked all these games. Uh, you filed your – I filed mine. Well, both of us filed ours. On, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. We both had concluded our picks Tuesday night. I've had some second thoughts already. <laughs> but but what uh, what do you think about uh, starting with the single-A matchup and, and which way did you lean and, and uh, are, you, are you still feeling good about it this morning? Well, you know, I try never to look back once I've made the call. I, I sometimes you have to, and you think, "What was I thinking?" But usually, once I've I've done that and I put it down, I'll I'll stick with it. Um, but at this time of year, you have to pick somebody, and you're always concerned that uh, the your reasoning for why you picked one team may not come to fruition. Um, I know that Springfield uh, um, is a team that can really play. They've got a, a kid, a quarterback, Jacob Knockreiner, who's throwing the ball all over the place, and he's also a terrific baseball player. I think he's going to be uh, uh, going to college at uh, Northern Iowa Central Community College, which is a big baseball uh, factory. Um, so he's got a, he's, he knows how to throw the ball. He knows how to chuck the ball around. And so anybody that can throw like that, you know, can do some things. But my thought with Minnesota is they've been there so many times, you know, there's just no experience for big games. And they've, and they're in the, they're in the prep bowl last year. They got beat by uh, Mayor Lutheran, but I think they've been, this will be their seventh prep bowl trip since 2009. So, I mean, that's a program that knows what they're doing once they get to once they get there. Yeah, I went the opposite. I took Springfield. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback. I think that not only is he a talent, but I look at last week, Miniota, they gave up 325 passing yards to Fillmore Central. And 
with all due respect to Fillmore Central, I think that the, the Springfield air attack is even better. So I, 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 I picked Springfield to win that one, and, and uh, so we differ on that one. Class 2A, we, that's going to be 1 o'clock on Friday. That is going to offer the meeting of the undefeated, the 12-0 Chatfield Gophers defending Prep Bowl champions against Barnesville Trojans. Uh, how do we see that one playing out? Well, I, I don't know. What do you see? I, I look at this game and think you could put this team in leather helmets and uh, <laughs> you know, old time, old time uh, you know, 1930 style, and they could be fit right in. I mean, um, Chatfield, Sam Backer is very close to setting a state record for rushing yards. He may not quite get there because I think he needs somewhere in the neighborhood of a little more than 300. But they run kind of a single wing where they get direct, uh, direct snap to him, and he'll either run the ball and occasionally throw it. Um, against a team in Barnesville that runs an old-fashioned power tee that has become in vogue recently. So two teams that aren't out there throwing the ball around, they're not running spread offenses, they're running old-fashioned offenses, and it's been very successful for the two of them. Um, I looked at lean towards Barnesville simply because, you know, Chatfield's a defending champion and they're undefeated. Their offense picks up yards in big chunks, and I'm just a, such a fan of what that power tee can do, particularly if a team doesn't know it very well. Um, I think I'm I'm looking for Barnesville to to pull off a, a minor upset here. Yeah, I, I got Chatfield. I think Sam Backer, you got the best player on the field. That that's worth a lot. And I think that the best part about all of this is, given what you said about the teams, both teams' propensity to run the ball, we'll know who wins in about 15 minutes after the opening <laughs> kick. So, <laughs> yeah. and you know, you have plenty of time to file your game story after that one's done. No doubt about that. <laughs> Uh, the 4A game uh, at 4 o'clock on Friday, the Hutchinson Tigers against the Simley Spartans. So we've got our, our first uh, Metro team involved here. Uh, I guess two of them. We, we kind of we make Hutchinson Metro. Uh, some agree, some don't. But uh, in any case, we've got a great matchup here. I'll, I'll start this one. I picked Simley to win it. I, I think it's you really have to be something special to have anyone want to pick against Hutchinson. and. And I think Simley is that team. I think that they have the ability to grind you. They've got the power back and, and Gavin Nelson to do that. They also have the ability to hit you with some some plays that, that can be explosive. And Latavion McCoy Nunn is, is a good uh, example of, of that. And I really I feel like they have a lot to offer. And I also feel like the Hutchinson defense, they, they look a little leaky at times in the semifinals. So I went with Simley. You know, I, I – I've... I feel like long ago I learned a lesson about never pitching, picking against Hutchinson at this time of year. That's a team that they do what they do, and they do it well. They don't deviate very much, and they, they it's kind of handed down from player to player, from generation to generation, and there's a reason why Hutchinson is always good because they know what they do. They execute it well. They don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves, and they just keep, they keep coming at you uh, relentlessly. Um well, Sinley has an awful lot to like about that team. I remember after uh, the semifinals, their quarterback was very confident, saying, we can, we don't lose because we're just too good. <laughs> and they really are a very good team. Um, but I think that uh, Hutchinson is a team that, uh, again, big game experience counts for a lot. And they were here last year. Um, and I think that, uh, that it's the type of team that just always seems to find a way to play their best on the biggest stage. 
that's a really good day of football already. Those are three good games. And so you think, okay, I guess that's it. Oh, no, no. The big show is still to come Friday night. We've got 12-0 Maple Grove, a repeat appearance in the state championship game against 12-0 Rosemounts, which I think this already off the top, I'll just say that we've got the right matchup in 6A. I think this is a great way to end it. These two teams have been fabulous all year long. Uh, go back to last year, and Maple Grove's fabulous then too. So I think it's a great matchup. Who do you, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll share what I, I got. I picked Rosemount 14, seven over Maple Grove. I'm expecting another slower um, score, a, 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 a lower scoring affair rather. And I, I think that, that, you know, Maple Grove does have a great quarterback and Jacob Kilzer probably maybe near picks Castle. You called him probably the best athlete on the field. I, I would agree with that. Uh, but Rosemount's defense is just so, so good. And they can run. I just I, I had to pick Rosemount 14-7, although that's the one I've been wrestling with <laughs> because Maple Grove is pretty darn good, too. It's one of those games where if you're right, you say, I knew it all along. And if you're wrong, you think, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, why didn't I see that? But uh, I guess I'm a believer in defense at this time of year. I mean, offense um, puts butts in the seats, defense wins games, and Rosemont's defense has just been lights out all season long, and they've proved it against some real top-notch competition. Not that Maple Grove hasn't either, and, and I really like what the Crimson have done. And Lombardi is a fantastic coach. They use team speed. They've got a lot of athletes on defense. But there's just something hard-nosed and rough and tumble about this Rosemont team with guys like you know, Cade Gilbertson, linebacker, and Hayden Bills, who is actually a defensive lineman is going to Arizona State, not because of a uh, – for football, but as a thrower, because he's a, a, a big time thrower in track, and Arizona State is a is a big time throwing school for uh, college track. So he's a, he's a terrific athlete. I I just I talked to a couple of people about this that have played both teams, and the consensus seemed to be that it'll be a very tight game, and I can see it going either way. But that Rosemount has a slight edge in this one, and I'm sticking with that one as well. I also think that the, you could see some the kicking game factor into this one. Maple Grove has a pretty terrific kicker, and Rosemont always has kickers that are, are solid. And I think their kicker this year hasn't been quite as good as some of the past ones, but he's been pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple of field goals that factor into the final result in this one. The uh, Your player of the year, uh, to just deviate quickly from the prep bowl, your player of the year was Carson Hansen, Lakeville South. Our, our player of the year, your story, uh, Carson Hansen, Lakeville South, great, great, great running back. Uh Jeff Erdman, the Rosemont coach, uh, said in, in the track season last spring that his linebacker, who you mentioned, Cade Gilbertson, actually beat uh, uh, Carson in, in, in races head-to-head uh, in sprints. So you want to talk about the speed of the Rosemont defense, that's as glaring of a example as you could come up with. Yeah, yeah Hanson is a, is a terrific athlete. And if you've ever seen Carson Hanson get through the line and then accelerate – he runs with a power and a speed. He reminds me of this dates me a little bit. Craig James, uh, when he was at SMU with Eric Dickinson, that Dickerson, they had that uh, Pony Express. He runs hard. He run, has that kind of upright style, and he just runs through people. So uh, I think Hanson is a as a, a heck of a running back. It's too bad we won't get to see him in the prep ball. We saw him last year, but I agree with you. This is the right two teams for this season: Rosemount and Maple Grove. We got to come back for Saturday. Day two of the prep bowl, and we start off at 10 o'clock in the morning. 
Class nine man, Mount Iron Buell Rangers, 12 and 0 against the Spring Grove Lions, 13 and 0. Uh, Mount, Mount Iron Buell, great story. They, uh, they last got to this game in 1972, which was significant because that was the year of the first state tournaments. Um, they were just Mount Iron then and they won. And so now you look at say, all right, well, this is the, the, you know, the, the football gods have deemed it this, this is, uh, ordained. Uh, but I, I picked Spring Grove. I think that, that, that they can pull the, I, I don't know if you call it an upset per se, but, uh, I think Spring Grove can, can ride off and, and spoil a party and win this game. And, and you picked Spring Grove Lions too. What did you like about them? I, I've learned also learned over the years some of the things that I've I've picked up that there's something about the teams that come out of section one in Southeast Minnesota, that they seem to be very, very good. And they're just well-prepared at this time of year. Chatfield, for example, won it last year, even though their quarterback was out of the game, they still found a way to win. And Spring Grove is a section one team. Um, It may seem like it's, it's not nothing that you can really tire. Uh, um, what's what I'm looking for? Nothing you can really say is definite. There's no statistical measure, but there's something about those Section One teams that are, they're they're prepared at this time of year, and that's what I like about Spring Grove. And they, you know, they haven't been challenged much this year, so uh, I, I'm I'm leaning towards Spring Grove myself. Where did I hear this term? And maybe I'm just I'm making it up in my head that these things happen sometimes too. Section One A, um, whether it's whatever class it's in. If you get to section one, you're talking about the cradle of football. Is that a term or did I just think of that now? And I, I feel like I read that someplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I've, heard, I've heard something similar to that over the years that there's a, that there's a, um, and this is what I'm referring to. It is a football hotbed down there. They play good football. There's the, and that's no slight to what they do up in uh, mountain iron. I mean, mountain iron Buell has a, terrific relatively new football field probably one of the best fields in the entire area um, and one of the first um, turf fields up in that area ever and that has really paid off for that school but uh, and that quarterback in Asher Zubich who I think he's into his 15th year now (laughs) as a starter he's definitely got experience but there's just something about those teams in section one that they're always ready to play and they always show up and play well. Very good. Uh, play it. So we'll go to the one o'clock game on Saturday. Let's see. This is going to take as long as the the Barnesville uh, Chatfield game to play. It's going to take me to read off these teams. Dilworth, Glendon, Felton again against New London Spicer. Oof, got it all out. There we go. Yeah, be a lot of initials. That would be abbreviating. There's no doubt about that. So. Yeah. But uh, how do you see this one? You know, this one is the one that I'm. I'm the least sure about. I mean, uh, I yeah. when you're looking to to make to make a pick in a game like this, you're trying to find something, some reason why you lean towards one or towards another, or you lean away from a team. I couldn't figure out whether Dilworth, Glendon, Felton, which has won their four playoff games by a grand total of 18 points, is a team that has figured out how to win, and they've shown it by winning four close games, or a team that's playing with fire and eventually it's going to come back and haunt them. Um, They've got some great players, but uh, right now I kind of like New London Spicer. They play a tough schedule. They played uh, lost to uh, Watertown Mayor, which is the team that they came back and beat in the playoffs. They lost to Dassault yeah. Mokeda, which is a state championship team last year. And they've always got great athletes, and they're peaking right now, which is why I'm kind of leaning towards New London myself. I went DGF, but 
you know, this is another one of those games where a result either way wouldn't surprise me. They're both very capable, qualified teams. I thought DGF, they just they, Jordan Summers, they have a running back uh, who can take a huge workload. He, he's also fast, and, and I just I like if that's your if that's the guy that you're going to get the most touches to that that's going to result generally in good things. So that's that's what gave me the 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 reason to give DGF the nod in that one. So, but again, it's like you said, it's it's it could go either way. Great great final matchup. That's what you want is, is to have two teams where you're not you pick somebody, but you're not entirely sure, and you're not entirely surprised if the game goes the other way. Class 5A, the grand finale of the Prep Bowl, 4 o'clock-ish kickoff on Saturday. The undefeated Elk River Elks against the defending champion and still undefeated Maple Grove West Scarlets. This is a, this is a big one. Uh, it, it, you know, Mankato West has won what thirty-one in a row, I think. Now it's been so long since yeah. they've lost. You know, you need you need a little, even though it's, they've been very talented. They've had, I think, last year's team is probably as talented as a team that as they've ever had. Um, you need some luck. You need some things to go your way. I, I just wonder if maybe that things have gone a little bit too much uh, in Mankato West way in, in recent uh, recent weeks. Um, Elk River, and again, talking about that power to the offense, is just so tough to defend. And I know Mankato West has not seen that offense yet. Uh, and so that is going to be an eye-opener for the Scarlets. The Scarlets are a terrific program. If they win this game, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I just think this is a year that's setting up to be Elk River's second state championship team since 2016. Um, and I, I just can't see Elk River getting beat. Well, I, uh, we, we both picked Elk River. Uh, you picked it by a little bit wider of a score margin. I went back to the similar justification that Elk River's got the best athlete on the field, Kate Osterman. He's special. He, you know, his coach, Steve Hamilton, will talk about, hey, I've never had a quarterback lead our team in rushing. And, and Cade is, he is he, we've always had the plays that Cade runs, but we haven't had a Cade to run them. And that has made us so much more, effective offensively because we have a quarterback that can hurt you with his legs in a way that we haven't had. And so hearing those things and respecting Steve Hamilton's everything he's done since he's come to Minnesota with, with the program. And I, I, I hear that. And I think I, I'd be foolish to not pick uh, Elk River in that situation. And, you know, let me say this quick. There's no slight to Mankato West at all. Mankato West has been oh. a terrific program. And it's not, again, you have to pick one team. You have to justify why that is. In this game, uh, this could turn out to be a, just a fantastic game. It could turn out to be a blowout for uh, um, Mankato West. You don't know how it's going to happen. These are high school kids. But by everything we know, everything we've seen about these two teams, I just have a feeling this is Elk River's year to win it again. And uh, they just have looked so solid all season long. And they've taken ha- care of some teams that normally um, have had uh, had their number, like how – Handily, they handled a good Matamidi team last week. You know, there are times I've seen Elk River not quite get over the hump against some really good teams in the past, like a St. Thomas Academy or Oatana when they were winning championships. I just don't see any team in Class 5A that they cannot compete with at this point, and that's why I, I think uh, uh, Elk River is going to win this one. Yeah, yeah. We like I said, we both picked them, so. There it is, but we picked them with a ton of respect intended for Mankato East. They are, excuse me, 
I'm going to get yelled at now. I'm like, Kato. And Kato West, excuse me, sorry, Scarlet's not Cougars. Um, that, uh, before I screw anything else up, I think that covers it, unless we miss something. No, that's going to be, it's been fun. I, I enjoy these two days. I think I'm going to be down there all day, every day for both of them. So, you know, just, there are times when I'm covering the game, times when I'm just being able to sit back and, and, uh, enjoy the football on the field. Uh, and then, you know, realize that we're just trying to get into the entire winter season here. And, uh, I've, I've put it off for too long, wrote a little bit about wrestling, but, uh, I'm still kind of clinging to the fall season right now. And because uh, once football's gone, it's a long time before it returns. So enjoy it while you've got it. Yeah, I find myself this this unusual two-week break situation. It, it's common for Super Bowls, but not so much with prep bowls. There's been something about it that's kind of the, – the space is giving you time to savor it maybe a little, little bit more, if that if that's the right term. I just, I just feel like, okay, you know, I've had a chance to, to kind of sit and – and and let them let what I've seen about these teams and their journeys let that marinate and and I and feel like you kind of get to know now you're pretty clear on okay this is this is you know this team this is who they're counting on this is who they're gonna are gonna get something from if they're gonna win I just feel like I know them these teams better just having another week to to let things about them savor and I'm not I'm not advocating for a two week delay to the prep ball ever again but. There has been some upside to 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 this pause that we have this this year. I don't think the teams would argue with the two week pause. It's had a chance for most of these teams to get healthy. Not not the kid, kids that were out with significant injuries, but the bumps and the bruises and the twists and the strains. Uh, they talked about that after the semifinals. That the week and a half is giving them a chance to to heal up and uh, and be at their best in the biggest game. And that's kind of what you want. So it's really not a bad two-week break, although it can seem interminable at times. You kind of want to get get it on. Let's get going, but it, it's working out for everybody. Well, we'll get it on this weekend. Uh, like I said, we'll be there pretty much all day, every day, both days. I mean, you and I personally, but but the Star Tribune will have representation there. Uh, we'll have all of the game coverage uh, at mnfootballhub.com. Also, you've probably seen our, our coverage is migrated now primarily to the Star Tribune's high school page on startribune.com. So we'll be there with, with all the information. We've got great photography. So check us out and uh, enjoy the prep bowl. Thanks for listening. See you, Dave.